Blog Talk Radio. I sent you an invite to the Zoom. Hello, everyone. This is Trina Ramsey, and I'm so excited to invite you to another episode of the Revolutionary Sisters of the Diaspora. We are a collection of black and brown sisters who come together to discuss topical issues of race, social and economic justice, gender equality, and everything in between. And today, we have decided to tackle a huge issue that is a major crisis in America. (laughs) And that is about the crisis facing superwomen who choose to, who get so busy and tied up and that they ignore taking care of themselves. So the title of this show is It's All About Me. Reflections on Self-Caring from Recovering Superwomen. And so before I introduce our panel, we have a a very talented and um, knowledgeable panel today who are all recovering superwomen ourselves. Before I go there, I will tell you a little bit about this group. This is actually a group that has jumped onto Blog Talk Radio after 10 years of being a local organization, Solace for Sisters, which is a group of women in social justice, and the Power Network is a new network here on Blog Talk Radio that started actually on Inauguration Day this year. We decided that it was time to have people to have a vehicle to share their voice, their truths and not in reaction to what's going on in the world, but to be able to control the narrative. And so this is one of many uh, various shows that are on this network. So if you are interested in hearing more about that, we'll give you information on that later. Um, So without further ado, we're going to start across the country in um, the Bay Area with Linda Gonzalez. Linda, can you please tell us? who you are, what you do, and what made you decide to say yes to being on this show today. Thank you so much, Trina. I am a life coach and also a facilitator and trainer of leadership and fundamentals of facilitation for racial justice work and have done that for many, many years. And I said yes because this is completely my passion. It is the work that I do with most of my coaching clients and with my friends and with people I meet on the street. So that was a big yes for me. It's also part of uh, several books that I am writing about women of color in particular and self-care. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I can't wait to dive in with you. Our pre-show was pretty in-depth and phenomenal, so I know today is going to be no less. And so next we have Trish Hilliard, who is here in the Washington, D.C. area and um, in the room with me. Trish, 
Thank you, Trina, for that introduction. Uh, as she said, my name is Trish Hilliard. I'm a psychotherapist in the Washington metropolitan area. I am uh, studying um, in counseling psychology, which is what my doctorate will be in soon. Yay! Yay! Uh, <laughs> and uh, my focus is on um, burnout, self-care preferences of African-American counselors, uh, which is very near and dear to my heart. I understand that we are all super women. However, that comes with some um, some issues as far as our mental wellness is concerned. Um, so I jumped at the chance and the opportunity to uh, participate today. Also supporting WINE, Walking New Enlightenment, uh, a wellness retreat that I have with my business partner and friend and sister circle in Costa Rica. So um, I will definitely look forward to participating in the show today. Awesome. And last but not least is one of my um, comrades in arms here at Revolutionary Sisters of Diaspora. We um, have done several shows together, and her name is Q, and she is the lovable, huggable, angry black woman, Q. Hello, my righteous revolutionaries. I am so glad to spend time and space with you today. Um, as my sister Trina has mentioned, I'm Q, the lovable, huggable, angry black woman. I like to say that the revolution may not be televised, but it definitely will be live streamed. And I was so excited to participate in this discussion today because I like to consider myself a collector of quotes. And one of the quotes that keeps me going is, caring for myself is not self-indulgence. It is self-preservation, which is an act of political warfare from Sister Audre Lorde. And I cannot deny the fact that I myself engage in the superwoman syndrome, whereby I think I can do everything for everyone at all times until the point where I need to stop and rest, otherwise I will not be able to continue. So to talk about how we embody some of the racist tropes that go back centuries as women of color and how we both shake ourselves of those tropes and figure out ways to heal and love each other is both exciting and empowering and I can't look forward I can't help but look forward to the discussion today. Awesome. And my name is Trina Ramsey. I'm a career and life coach here in the Washington area and I've been involved with um shows on Blog Talk Radio. This is my third year now, and uh, so this is a spinoff of our Life Coach Radio Network, and we just decided, as opposed to just talking about Life Coach issues, that we really, we were starting to get into issues of social justice, issues of race, racial equity, kindness. We wanted to lean more into that space, and that's why we're here and as a member of Solace, I'm so thrilled to have another opportunity to to share this space with, with my sisters. And I am definitely uh, a superwoman, a recovering superwoman. I've written about it for years. And um, I remember I had a journal entry years ago. I don't know if any of you can relate, but this is during a particularly uh, burdensome time in my life. And I wrote... Superwoman is dead. She was crushed by the weight of the world on her shoulders. 
If you could see me, I would drop the mic after that statement because it's just so many truths and facts. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, and that literally and figuratively, you know, can be the case, and that's exactly why we're here. So um, I'm going to start out with Linda. Can you share with us a little bit of what you are discovering in working with women of color around these issues? Yes. Yes. I would love one of the things that I do, and I think it's, it's exactly around your your superwoman, is I I I coined a phrase called 125% women. And one of the things that I talk a lot to my clients about is that for them, giving enough isn't the problem. That for them, the idea is how do you get to 100%? because that is what is going to be able to nurture you. It's also going to allow space for other people to step up and be accountable for who they are and the gifts and what they have to offer. And so one of the things that I found the reason that women do this is that they have been trained for external praise rather than building their internal confidence. And one of the reasons internal confidence is so hard for them to stick, to keep steady for all of us is because every day we are poked at and, and, and prodded with all kinds of what we call microaggressions, all kinds of ways where people do not hold us as being valuable, do not hear our truth, do not validate it, uh, in fact, go out of their way to make it invisible. Um, and so it requires so much more from us. We, in fact, have to do more self-care, which doesn't, which feels counterintuitive in many ways. Yeah, absolutely. I want to jump on what, something you just said. Um, microaggressions. Let's let's talk about this um, shaking of heads and rolling of eyes happening over here. Um, <laughs> let's. Um, who wants to take that one, Trish? Let's go for it. <laughs> You can see me. I'm starting to sweat a little bit. I'm saying to myself, thank you, sister. Thank you, thank you, sister. I have, uh, well, to to piggyback off of the comment, I have uh, sister circles that help me with my authentic self and the validation um, that I need in a safe space that they hold for me. Um, Hopefully, some people can get that at work, and, and maybe they can't, but I I, I am fortunate to have uh, at least one or two at work. Uh, so when I need to go in their office and scream and holler and yell and profanity sometimes, uh, even though I am a spiritual person. Uh, <laughs> We're all human. <laughs> but uh, sometimes it, it takes me there, and, and they create that safe space for me. And then outside, I also have that that safe space. But microaggression at work, um, patriarchal society, and and just trying to have my ver- my voice heard uh, can be challenging sometimes. But it's, it's helpful to have that safe space at work that my sisters hold for me. So I challenge um, our listeners to you have to, to create that safe space for you. Um, I know trust sometimes is difficult culturally, um, but uh, definitely uh, attempt to be vulnerable to those that you can hold that safe space and create that on your own. Thank you so much. This is Q, and I want to say that microaggressions are real. They're toxic. 
they can drain your system. And attempts to say that microaggressions are not real are just another form of gaslighting. Um, and yeah. when we talk about yeah. microaggressions, the first thought that comes to my mind is we are taught that as women, as people of color, we're taught that we have to be twice, right? Mm-hmm. We have to be twice as good to get half as much. Now, if we just add to the dynamic of not just being a person of color, but also being a woman, twice is not good enough. Mm -hmm. We have to be more than twice. Mm -hmm. And, And that kind of steady erosion of your confidence and your sensibilities in the workplace because you're constantly proving yourself can begin to manifest itself in all aspects of your life. So even though the quote is from a man, I am going to put it out there um, in order for us to think about it. Because really, microaggressions are all about maintaining systems of oppression. It's all about dehumanization and trying to maintain an imbalance in the power structure. And Brother Martin Luther King said, freedom is never voluntarily given by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. And so even though we go through the dynamic of trying to be perfect, of trying to be more than twice, of trying to balance everything, part of that is a reaction to the microaggressions that people and disrupt our lives. So we have to have the courage to say no. And that is part of our self-care as superwomen. We have to have the courage to say, you know what? Moving forward, I am no longer proving my humanity to anyone as a prerequisite to you acknowledging it. I am no longer falling into the tropes that you think I should adopt because it makes you more comfortable. I will assert myself because I have the confidence, I have the knowledge, and I have the wherewithal in order to execute whatever it is I have to execute in the workplace or in other spaces within our lives without worrying about whether or not our presence is a challenge to the oppressive system that we're confronting, right? Can you dig it, sisters? What we have to do is we have to decide, you know what, I'm done. Absolutely. I'm good. I agree. Absolutely. Amen. And it's it's easier said than done. Right. But we can work our way there. Yeah, yeah. And that's why we're here. That's exactly why we're here. Mm-hmm. I'm reminded, so I'm going to go back. So for the Facebook book users, it's Throwback Thursday, okay? Right. So, <laughs> um, and I am reminded of a um, a fictional superwoman, um, Carrie, on Soul Food. Yeah. Remember? Do you remember what happened with Terry? Yeah. Do you remember how she um, basically had like a nervous breakdown because she was so busy and so busy. You know, trying to, uh, everything was falling apart around her. She was holding that semblance of control, of perfection, of never let let them see you sweat, and that is all about where we are. And I have to say, I'm going to be real honest, that I have had moments in my career where it's like I had to shut the door so I could cry. And it may or may not have been about work. It may have been one little thing that happened at work that was the last straw. Listen, yeah. listen here. I didn't raise my hand. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like we're in school. 
Because <laughs> I just had a moment this morning in the car. I had a catharsis. I just played, uh, I think it's Travis Green. Uh, and his song is uh, basically it's a spiritual song, religious song, um, that said he made a way. Mm. Um, and and just the lyric of saying, don't know how, but he did it, and, and understanding that there's a higher being uh, based off of me not having control over some situations, mm-hmm. to your point, uh, whether it be at work or at home or in other domains of our lives, because truth be told, we have a focus. I'm an Adlerian at heart. That's a, a theory that I base my um, therapy on or my mental wellness um, that covers self, love, um, leisure, spirituality, work. Oh, I like that. Say it again. Uh-oh. <laughs> so self and love is together. Then we have family and friends that's together. And then we have work and leisure. So some things are clustered, if yeah. I forgot on the initial. Yeah. But Basically, five fingers, I say five finger smack, right? If if five uh, out of three of the five are out of whack for me, I lose it. Yeah. I can balance two. Yep. Literally, I have two hands, two ears, two eyes. I can balance two. Cannot balance three. When three, when a third domain is off of whack or out of whack, I lose it. Yeah. And I have to, and it goes back to what I said at the beginning of the show, I have to have that safe space. And sometimes that safe space is not with family. Right. Blood makes. It, it, it yeah. does not. So exactly. I want our listeners to be mindful that I said at the beginning of the show to create this space for you. Create this space for you. And it, it's going to take some work. Absolutely. How much work, much work do we need? But it's going to take some work for you to create that space. So I'm sure uh, other people have comments in reference to that space that they've created for themselves to give them peace. Yeah. And don't do it in isolation, ladies. Don't do it in isolation. Right. I repeat. Do not do it in isolation. Our mind, our thoughts, fleeting, unhealthy. Absolutely. So I I see that there's someone on the line with the 703 area code. Um, first numbers are 336. If you would like to speak, um, please press 1 on your phone, and we will put you on the air. Linda, would you like to respond to anything we just spoke about? Yes, I'd love to. I think that that whole piece around the yeses and the noes is really one of the other big areas that I work with a lot of my folks with. And one of them is that I, a lot of times superwomen will say, I have a hard time saying no. Mm-hmm. And I say, you know what, yes and no are the flip side of a coin. So if you don't have a hard time saying no, you have to ask yourself, what are you saying yes to? And then because you said yes to this, okay, I'm going to do one more thing for this community or this family or this whatever, this cause, what are you saying no to? Is it getting enough sleep? Is it eating well? Is it spending time with people that fill your tank? Because if you're not aware, one of the things I'm always asking them is whatever you say yes to, ask yourself what do you have to say no to? And if you say no to something, what are you saying yes to so that people begin to tie those two things together and to see them as being the, – the, nobody has a hard time saying no. We are always saying no to something when we say yes to something else. And a lot of times what we're saying no to is our self-care because so many people yeah. I work with, are they're all into justice and equity and, and they are so busy looking at how are they going to make the world a better place and they forget – that I love it. Is it Howard Thurman who has that wonderful quote about don't ask 
the world what it needs. It needs people who are alive and awake and doing what they love. And that if we Hello. can understand that that's what, that's what self-care is, is doing what we love and shining our light. Mm. That, is self, that is the core of self-care. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. All right. We're off to a running start, as I knew we would be. If there's anyone who would like to join the conversation, please give us a call at 619-924-0980. And if you want to be put on air, press 1 on your phone, and we will open the mic for you. All right, ladies. So when we were doing our pre-show conversation, we talked about how we really wanted to get into some of the deeper areas, like we know that self-love could mean you go get a mani-pedi on a regular basis or you go have a spa day with your with your girls or you drink enough water or make sure you go out before you run. But we we talked about some, some deeper issues like um, mental health. And I touched upon it with the Terry conversation, but I'm going to go to our um, – our psychologist, Trish, um, what do you have to say about the issue of superwomen and mental health? Um, I think we kind of touched on it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, it's just me putting a name to it. Uh, I think we mentioned the perfection uh, on top of the superwoman uh, syndrome, um, the imposter syndrome that we have as African-American women, or women, uh, black and brown women, Um we just have to be extra. We have to be more. And mm-hmm. on top of being a female or having, uh, you know, being black or brown, that's another added. So it's we're already at 200, if mm-hmm. not three. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, to of course the statistics say depression um, for black and brown women. But I think they leave out. Uh, within the research, anxiety mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is is definitely something that we're. Uh, suffering in combination with depression. And I think that has not been, um, it doesn't, it hasn't had its full focus within the community because, you know, we're always on the move. We're always moving. We're trying to save the world. We're trying to save our family, but we never try to save ourselves. Right. Um, And then having that anxiety and then having to seek treatment because we think it's okay to always be on the run. And we don't realize that we have a mental health issue or our mental wellness is in jeopardy until we physically have a reaction. Hence, you said Terry, right? So type of um, catharsis, whether you're crying uncontrollably, your body has given out on you because you haven't done the necessary things to take care of yourself, or we're just not paying attention to our body because we're moving so fast. Mm -hmm. We think we're supposed to, oh, that headache is fine because I'm just moving and I haven't eaten or, you know, um, I have so much on my mind. Headaches are not normal, okay? You know, being sleep deprived, that's not normal. Okay, because you have so much on your mind, this worry, this weight mm-hmm. on your shoulder, as you uh, expressed earlier. So these things are not normal, but we think it's normal to us culturally, like, oh, well, my grandmother did it, my mama did it, right. transgenerational. So we don't even know where to start. And that's mm-hmm. why I started off the show to say create this this sister circle. So if you can't see yourself, if you create a space with your sisters, they can see you yeah. if you can't see yourself. So that is something small that you can do, and I think I've shared before that everyone has to go to the bathroom, 
Okay? You have to go. And if you don't, that's another medical issue that you you need to look into. Give yourself that extra time, even at work. I love I, I love my bathroom. It's my sanctuary. I get to um, look at myself in the in the mirror, not just to wash my face and brush my teeth. Uh, I'm a makeup girl, but nonetheless, that is not just a time to put on makeup, but that's time with me. Mm-hmm. I can put in put on some music. That's about five or ten minutes, two songs. I'm with me. And that's so people don't feel comfortable just being with them. Yeah. So it's layers to identifying what your mental wellness should be because we might not even know the baseline, <laughs> right, because right? we're always on the move. So definitely take into consideration, um, you know, what you need to do to stop to assess, and then you can, you can make the necessary adjustments uh, once you stop. You have to stop. <laughs> Right. It's difficult, but you have to. And sometimes um, it doesn't even come on you until you stop. Right. Because mm-hmm. you're you're on adrenaline, and the adrenaline is also not good for you because you got that it's it's taken a, too much of a toll on your body. Mm-hmm. So um, um, as my coughing um, moment took me to that slightly, perhaps. As Trish said, that's the truth coming out. That's all. Right. Mm-hmm. Sleep deprivation is not normal, and so perhaps my sipping coffee at 7 o'clock at night is an indication that I might need some more sleep. But even as the wonderful clinician gives me the side eye, um, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay because, you know, I, I will fully admit that I personally um, – I fall victim to the superwoman syndrome all the time. I, I, you know, I get mad at the world. I create another project. Um, something irritates me, I have to fix my space. And when I talk about fixing my space, I'm not even talking about my personal space. I'm actually talking about the broader world at large. Um, and so there are a couple of things when Trina first mentioned Terry, and I know I got this slight warning, but... I can't help it. So when Terry had her breakdown, that was still centered in the patriarchy. And we just have to keep in mind that as women of color, we are being tugged from two different directions. We are being tugged into the feminist movement. And we are being told that we need to stand with women who may not necessarily stand with us like they did it on November 8th, but I'm going to put that aside. Or we are being... (laughs) We are being tugged by men of color who are saying, forget the sisterhood. You need to stand with us brothers. And I have to remind them that you are the ones who raped my soul, not another form of oppressor. So until you see me in my wholeness, all you do is use me and exploit me and expect me to remain silent. But even embedded within all of that, because I think about Terry, and even as she had the breakdown, the fault laid with her, right? Like they made it such that her husband cheated with her cousin, but it was her it fault, was her fault. Yeah. because she was providing for her family. So even when we are the superwoman, it still goes back to that religious belief or mythology, depending on which perspective you take, which is the original sin landed with Adam blaming Eve. Mm -hmm. And so long as Adam blamed Eve, 
And if we're historical, then Adam and Eve were both people of color. Then what we're dealing with is the constant blaming of women of color for whatever the oppressive system of white supremacy puts on the plate of men of color, right? It's like we're always at fault. So even when we're dealing with the sisterhood, even when we're being more than twice, we still have those problems. So I say that all to say we have to shed all forms of oppression. We have to not submit to either the patriarchy of performance feminism. We have to move into a space where we recognize the humanity of all people, but particularly women of color, Mm -hmm. and understand that our self-care is critical. Because we can only save this country so many times, and quite frankly, I feel like this is the last time. Yeah, wow. Okay. Okay, I'm sorry. You said like so much, we could just unpack that for the rest of the show. But uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it was awesome. This is why we're here. This is exactly why we're here. Linda, what of that? There's about five different points that you could lean into. Pick one. <laughs> I'm yeah. Well, I'm going to lean into white supremacy. Because one of the things I recently did a training on the fundamentals of facilitation for racial justice work, and one of the things I talked to the it was it ended up being a group of all women, and I said, you know, the first thing we have to do is change the discourse, and the discourse is that there's a lack of, right, a lack of housing, a lack of health care, a lack of, of good education, a lack of all of this, and I said, there's no lack in this country. There's no reason we have to work as hard as we work. There is no reason we have to do twice as much as us or or feel like it. There is no lack. There is greed, and there is under-resourced communities based on over-resourced communities. So the the languaging has to be around the over-resourced, greedy communities, and that's white supremacy of feeling like we get to all the goodies. And so I think for us as a, as a community is to really say it's not that we don't have enough time. It's about saying that because of the way that, uh, that dominant culture controls time and space and money and organizations and institutions and policies and procedures, that I said to them, you know, we're fighting over an eighth of the pie. I go, there's no lack of pie. Hello. There's plenty of, plenty of pie. And so... And so we have to get out of our own poverty mentality of saying, I got to do something with this pie and I got to fight all the rest of you for that pie. Whereas it's no, it's like we want the whole pie. The whole pie is there. And how do we, how do we live our lives with a sense of, of abundance of saying there is enough and I refuse your story that this is all I get. And be strategic because we don't, we aren't in those positions of power enough. We aren't in those places where we can protect ourselves. So being protective is important. And one of the things I just did a Facebook post where I said, you know, there are those days when people are not going to see who you are and you have a choice there. One is that you, you say something. So in this case, it was a white man I was playing tennis with who wanted to play game. And I said, you know what? You don't offer me anything unless you check in with me first. Like, you don't just assume that you get to tell me how to fix my game. I didn't ask you for any – I didn't ask you for – Exactly. And or when I'm in the gym and a woman starts talking about the gently used clothes she's given to her nice Mexican 
girl at her house and how grateful she is. You know, oh. I just decide, I don't, you know, I'm not having that conversation with you because we're, it's not going to go anywhere and I'm going to find another way to take care of myself. I think you talked about that. Like, okay, who am I going to talk to about this? Because it's not going to be with you because you're so far away from reality and my reality that if I talk to you, you will just microaggress me and create more harm. And so part of it is we have to know and make choices and realize that's powerful. That is powerful that every time something happens to us, we get to choose how we react. And sometimes we get to be angry and step into it, and sometimes we step away and we find another way to manage it. But the goal is that we always manage it. We don't do and spew, right, because that, that's where it becomes, self-care becomes problematic. When we hold it in and then we throw it at somebody that we love or we throw it at another person of color, another woman of color, but they're yep. safe. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Ladies, um, we actually have a few people that are on the line. If you are on the line and you would like to speak, press 1 on your phone. Otherwise, I'll just assume that you are listening through your phone, which is totally fine and cool. Um, But if you want to talk, we would love to speak with you. Okay, so, um, so yeah, I want to kind of pick up on that thread of, because everyone on this show, we've been working really hard. And we are in this extremely toxic situation right now in our country. And it makes you feel even more compelled. You know, Linda, you were just talking about, you know, um, poverty mentality versus an abundance mentality. So that's in the macro, right? So how how do we bring that down to ourselves on a day-to-day basis? And how does that turn into a self-care, self-love conversation and what can we do that may or may not cost a little bit or a lot of money to do to do it it doesn't really it's not really about money it's not really about having a spa day and going to a luxury this that and the other or fly I mean even though I do want to fly to the Caribbean um (laughs) I actually want to go back to Anguilla I was there a year ago it was amazing oh my gosh so yeah day to day what what is one thing we can start and one thing we can stop in order to change the tide? And so I'm going to start with Linda. Well, you know, did you see that? (laughs) Yes, I did. I did. I didn't see the off camera. (laughs) Okay. I like that. That's decisive. <laughs> well, you know, I, there's, I, one of the things that I, I talk about is that a lot of times a lot of my clients will say they go on vacation and they get sick. Because remember how one of you were, were talking about yeah. how it's not until we slow down that we yeah. see how exhausted we are. And I don't know anybody yeah. else go on vacation and, and, or hear of other people and they get sick. It's because now they have time yeah. to relax, Right. And then their body says, and then their body's you like, are, hey, it's time to get sick. <laughs> it's time to get, yeah, it's time to get sick. You haven't been taking care of me. There's no stress, and now I'm going to collapse. So one of the things I tell people, and I love this, is I go, imagine if, when you're on vacation, what would you do? What does vacation mean to you, right? Is it reading books? Is it getting enough sleep? Is it being in beauty? 
is it what is it to you that is your your key elements of vacation and then i say how can you bring those into every day every week every month of your life how do you do mm. that how do you make sure if you love to read i just i have to keep a stack of books that i really want to read next to me because that is part of what I do. That's part of my what I would do on vacation. Yeah, there you go. You got to have the book, and that. So making sure if that's what you love, if what you love is to, um, let's see what else. I, you know, the other thing is if if you love beauty, if you love to create art, make sure you have your art projects, and they're right, they're out, and you don't have to find them. They're right there with you. What do you, what is it you like to do? Is it knitting? Is it drawing? For me, it's writing. So how do I bring those things that I consider vacation, uh, vacation things into my life every single day? And one of the most important ones is enough sleep. What time, how much sleep do I need? Because people are different. People are different, and different times of the year they're different. So like winter, we, got, we need more sleep in winter. But really, what if you just went to bed and didn't set the alarm, how long would you sleep and start keeping track? And learning about yourself. Someone talked about loving yourself is learning. Who am I? What do I need? And take notes. Study your study yourself. When do you are you the kind of person that needs to snack every hour? You know, what are your absolute favorite healthy, good, delicious foods? And are they in your house or with you all the time? Those little things are not little. They are about daily consistent nourishment to your body, soul, and spirit. Mm. Love it. Love it. Okay, Trish. Yep. I was trying to throw the ball at you over here. She just threw it back to me. Um, just to echo everything Linda said, um, but I think I really want to focus on knowing who you are. And since we've already indicated that uh, black and brown women give so much to everybody and everything and every cause, the ability to slow down and really just be with self, as I mentioned, is one of the domains, um, is challenging. And you feel guilty, right, to to say no to something, as Linda said, Um to, to even something as um, valuable as your family, uh, I will disclose that that's challenging for me. Um, I'm the only child, so a, a lot of things do fall on me because I don't have anyone to to pass the ball to. Mm-hmm. But um, to to say no and be okay with saying no, and it's for a reason and a cause to self, even if it's just to lay in the bed and not do anything, not to feel guilty about that, not to uh, check your cell phone, <laughs> your emails, to, you know, disconnect mm-hmm. um, uh, we the master sister circle or to unplug because you, you need to plug into something that's going to feed you um, rather than plugging into something that's going to drain you, it's literally right. just like a socket to charge your phone. You need to. You can. It could go both ways, yep. and you need to be clear about what that looks like for you. So spending time with yourself um, is good, and then those, as I mentioned, in your sister circle are creating that space to identify what you need, whether it's the snacks or the sleep or what have you, just creating that space for you. So it's twofold space for yourself and a space with your, your sisters or those who can see you being vulnerable and not judge you. Absolutely. Q. Very, very groovy. Um, everyone kind of got me 
thinking about uh, both something that I wrote about a year ago today um, and how to move forward from that. So I'm just going to share with you. And you'll have to flow with me for a second because I promise it makes sense. And this is because I recognize that all of the women on the phone, even though you may, or on the radio, I'm sorry, whether or not you recognize that I already see in you that you're revolutionaries, otherwise you wouldn't be open to listening to this discourse, right? So, revolution, quote, revolution is a serious thing, the most serious thing in a revolutionary's life. When one commits oneself to the struggle, it must be for a lifetime. Angela Y. Davis. The struggle continues. So take some time to lick your wounds, decompress, and then get up to fight another day. Whenever anyone questions your commitment to the value of revolution versus incrementalism, remember Brother Martin and remember Sister Angela. Remember A. Philip Randolph and Bynard Rustin. It is no easy thing to say enough is enough, but that's okay. Because when the call for true and consistent actions comes, who will you stand up and be? When I say that to say embedded within all of that is you have to recognize there comes a moment when you say enough is enough. I cannot fight this battle any day today whether the battle is micro or macro. You need to lick your wounds because being a revolutionary wounds your soul even though you're fighting the good fight. And you need a moment to lick your wounds and heal. And so if you're sleep deprived and things are distracting you, then maybe it's time to get a sleep mask. So that way when you sleep, the light does not interrupt you. Or... Maybe when you're feeling guilty because for one moment you decide, I love myself more than I love the struggle and I need to rest. Hello. You have to remember that guilt is a tool of the oppressor to maintain the victimization of the oppressed. Guilt is just a, another form of treason against a victim. So do not carry that guilt as if somehow you're failing everyone because you recognize that you have to love yourself more and you need to rest and heal. So talking about different things to heal, I recognize that both loving words and loving art is something that is very important to me. So today I ordered a drafting desk and a chair and a T-square because it's time for me to draft again. I haven't drafted in over 20 years, but I know I need that quiet time and space to create and think and ride the rim of my unconsciousness to see what develops from there because that is the only way I can heal myself so that I can heal the world. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. So I have a, I have a couple things to put in. One is something that I, I've written about in, in my book that's coming out, and that is about removing toxic people, places, or things from your life. And that can be... Um, no easy feat, but when you look at it from the perspective of self-love, self-care, what have you been allowing in your space, in your psyche? What have you, you know, if it's a toxic workplace, if it's a toxic boss, if it is a toxic relationship, even if it's a close family member, 
even if it's a significant other. Think about what cost have you been paying to have that in your space, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, the whole thing. And then, you know, this is when having your your sister circle comes into play because if you have to make some tough decisions, you if you need if it's time to get a new job or start a new venture or fire somebody, whether it's a, you know, even a family member, you know, then you you draw on, on the people who who got your back so that you can actually make those moves and not feel guilty and not feel like you're hurting somebody because you're the only one that's going to stand up for you at the end of the day. So we actually have someone who would like to speak with the um, 202 area code. We're going to turn your mic on. You got it? Red light, this one. This one, yeah. Hello. Hi. Hi. Who's this and, and where are you calling from? This is Ange, and I was listening between West Virginia Avenue and D.C., and I am now in Silver Spring, Maryland, and I am now home. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Ange. Oh. Ange is our fearless leader who is um, buying a house and relocating. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so um, thank you, ladies, so much. I'm sorry, say again? Go for it. Okay, so I um I've, I've been listening. I unfortunately didn't start listening at the beginning of the show, but I'll, I'm looking forward to going back and listening. But what I've heard has just been phenomenal. Thank you, ladies, so so much. Uh, this is so needed uh, in terms of just trying to do some self care for myself. Um, right now, I am I haven't even undressed. I came in and I said, okay, I'm just going to call in. Uh, but I did get a piece of cake. <laughs> And I got my half a glass of wine that I had left in the bottle. So I am indulging. Moscato. This is my dinner. Moscato and cake that I um, got from going away party. Today. Whatever works. Right. Whatever works. Whatever works. So um, for me, I think those of you who have purchased a home know that it's a bit stressful. And it's been a stressful few days. I've been trying to maintain cool. My husband and I have been trying to just, you know, maintain, just go with the go with the flow, do what we need to do. Um, but as you know, every day brings new challenges. So we're hoping that things will settle down just a bit in a, in by tomorrow. Um, but tonight I'm going to take a shower, finish drinking my Moscato. And um, I love the idea about reading. I read every night, but I read primarily because I can't sleep and I don't read a book. I read the tablet. So I'm looking forward to being in a space where I can read at night a real book just, you know, with the light and, um, and do it casually and not fall asleep by my tablet trying to read a book or read an article or something. Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciate that. I have tons of books. I mean, I, I took eight books, eight boxes of books from my office. <laughs> and that, that was just my office. Here at home, I think there are probably, I don't know, 25 boxes of books. So it's not that I lack any reading material. It's just a matter of making time to do it. So I intend to do that. I'm also not going in early tomorrow. Um, I'm going to try to get up and go to the gym. That is a goal. 
and then I'm going to get to work and do what I have to do Friday. So thank you, ladies, so much for this. I I really, really appreciate uh, all the comments, and I can't wait to listen to the entire broadcast and just love women who want to help each other and guide each other through a process of taking care of themselves. Now, the other thing is, and I know Carrie, excuse me, Q knows this, um, Audrey Lord quote, I cannot find the card that I took off my bulletin board and put in my bag. It must be at work. So if you know Q, what the quote is, you can say it. But it, it was a beautiful uh, quote about just um, about yeah, Audrey Lord. Okay. But All I right. have no Great. problems repeating it. Okay. <laughs> okay, but thank you, ladies, so much. And I have one, so Wait. I'm just wondering if it's the same quote. So I just want to know if it's... Go for it, I don't know what your quote is. Okay. So this is from Audrey Lord. Once we recognize what it is we are feeling, once we recognize we can feel deeply, love deeply, can feel joy, then we will demand that all parts of our lives produce that kind of joy. That's, mm, that's a good uh, one. Yeah. That wasn't it, but that is a good one. That she, is a really no, good one. She has one. so many. Mm-hmm. Can you repeat yeah, that one does. more time? That was so beautiful. Yes. Once we recognize what it is we are feeling, once we recognize we can feel deeply, love deeply, can feel joy, then we will demand that all parts of our lives produce that kind of joy. Beautiful. Beautiful. I just want to add to that. Um, I'm sure you all have heard of the five love languages. So words of affirmation um, definitely help our black and brown women, um, whether it's uh, it's quotes that you read on a daily basis. You have, uh, I, I know you said Terry from Soul Food. I, I say Mary Jane from BT. <laughs> She has sticky her quotes to, mm-hmm. yeah, to help her get through. Because you need, if you don't have, you can't access that sister circle that I've been talking about as a form of an intervention to support you. Sometimes you just need words of positive affirmation to remind you who you are. And or if you're not that person right then and right there, who you are going to be or could be. Um, because we all have moments. Um, that are shaken. So to to read or to listen um, to someone speak life into you, mm-hmm. if you can't speak life into yourself, if that's through quotes, through, you know, song, whatever, what, what have you, um, to help you get through. Do whatever you need to get through the day and then go to sleep. <laughs> and then wake yeah. up and do it again. <laughs> Absolutely. And I did have the Audre Lorde quote, and I love it, and it's about self-care, but I mentioned it already. I will say it for Angeline, but I have one that's, um, Ange, I'm sorry, that's a little bit more, I think, relevant right now. But the Audre Lorde quote that um, I love is, caring for myself is not self-indulgent. It is self-preservation, and that is an act of political warfare. Hello. Mm -hmm. But in talking about, speaking your pain about finding a way to get that affirmation and for people to see you and know you. I think that there is a quote that I from Zora, Sister Zora Neale Hurston that moves me, and I share it often. 
which is if you are silent about your pain, hmm. they'll kill you and say you enjoyed it. Yes. I'm going to say that one more time. If you are silent about your pain, they will kill you and say you enjoyed it. And given the fact that we live in a world, in a dynamic whereby it's very rare that women of color are seen as whole people. We either seen through our gender lens or we're seen through our racial lens, but we don't have the option to live in a world that recognizes that we can't disaggregate the different pieces of ourselves. We have to recognize how important it is to surround ourselves with sister circles because they will make sure that we are not silent about our pain. They will hear us. They will see us and they will acknowledge it and know that we are not enjoying our pain. We need to release that pain from ourselves by self-care and love and just acknowledgement of our own humanity in order to keep moving forward, right? Because what do we do? Right? Like, there's one thing, and I live at what I call the Black Sonian. I'm actually going through detox right now because <laughs> I haven't been there in about three weeks, and I'm literally there every other week. And there's a section of it that says, making a way out of no way. And I think that so embodies and encapsulates the spirit of women of color because mm-hmm. that's all we do. Mm-hmm. We make a way out of no way. We're more than twice as much. Mm-hmm. The expectation is that we'll be more than twice as much for less acknowledgement. And we do all of that and we don't heal. Mm-hmm. We stay silent in our pain. But we won't if we listen to the women on this phone. Like, this country should have listened to us in the voting booth, but I'm going to put that aside for now. <laughs> can't, can't do it. Can't do it. But if we listen to ourselves, <laughs> by yourself. I got you. Right. I got you first. Right. I got you before the patriarchy. Perfect. We got you before the racism, the classism, the ableism, the heteronormativity. We we got you first because I see you and you are beautiful and you are whole and I recognize you and that's all you need to do is show up. And I am you. I am you. I am you. And you are me. And you are me. That's right. Namaste. I recognize the divinity in you. That's right. That's exactly right. So, um, Linda, it's, you've been quiet for a moment. So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna throw the mic to you. But before that, I'm gonna tease our our next and final topic, which is sex. So, Linda, so I'm giving you I'm giving you a fair warning now, because we are whole whole beings, and sometimes in being a superwoman, you you become like you seem like you're impervious. You seem like you don't have a soft side. You seem like you don't have a sensuality, um, uh, unless it's hypersexualized, which is different. But we're talking about sex, loving relationships. Where does that fit within self-care? Linda, over to you. Okay, great. <laughs> One of the books I'm writing is about looking at, talking about how we act our age and that looking at all the different areas of our life and one of, one of them is sensuality and sexuality and that one of my premises is that there when we have not grown up in any of those areas it's often because we've had a traumatic experience that is still mm-hmm. in our bodies and I think for a lot of women of color there is trauma that is related to sensuality and sexuality 
that has mm-hmm. to be acknowledged and healed to be able to get to a place of, of understanding it. So if we look at it as enjoying an expression of, of sexuality, right, of pleasure, and we, talk, we think about how what we've talked about in the sense of doing for other people, then it goes to, it, you know, it stands to reason that what, how do we know ourselves as sexual, sensual beings? And how do we know what, what gives us pleasure? And how do we embrace that and own it and not think, okay, this is the way it's supposed to be, but that we honor and, and really take the time to know and understand who we are and what we are and to understand that we can be sensual and sexual with or without another person. And that ultimately, I think that Trish talked about being able to be with yourself that so often our connection to our sensuality and sexuality is with another person before we have connected to ourselves. So I would say around self-care, mm. the first thing I would say is to really own and, and, and be really clear what is it that turns me on, essentially, sexually, and how is it that I can make sure I get what I need when I'm with, with a person but also when I'm not with anybody. Like how can I take care of myself, and I love the bathroom, Trish and her bathroom, because I think about my shower, and I think that's one of the most sensual, like the most sensual, sexual places that, that there can be in your house, and so how do you, you know, there you are naked, basically, right, and so in your, in your yeah. beauty, and so how, how do you make, I always, you know, like how are showers that place of healing, and, and, and how are they sensual at the same time? Um, so I think that that's, I'll just start us off with that, and I have a feeling other people will have lots more to add. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, just to piggyback off of that, uh, yes, loving yourself, um, touching yourself uh, in all ways, I'm, I'm all for that, because you have to know yourself before you can tell somebody else how you want that. Um, so, whatever that looks like for you, toys, fingers, whatever. So that's the physical. But also going a little bit deeper of being intimate um, is back to what I said at the beginning, being vulnerable. So if you can't be vulnerable with yourself, mm-hmm. sometimes that needs to manifest, as I said before, physically to literally strip down and look at yourself. Yes. Um, I know this is another time for another show, but look at all of yourself mm-hmm. from the bottom to the top. To the inside, if you need a mirror, to put your legs up. You need to look <laughs> at yourself and yeah. your wholeness and, and know that you're beautiful and accept that and not be ashamed of that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that needs to be taught as well, as I've mentioned before about the transgenerational, if, you know, shaming yourself, yeah. you know, not even, you know, looking at your, your breasts or your thighs. And I'm sure a lot of poets have describe black and brown women that's different from any other and 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 people woo over that and sway over that so understanding um those physical uh elements of yourself and then loving yourself and accepting that before someone else can and i'm all about the bathroom and the way to do that if you have any you know put some music on light some candles and just be with yourself. And that's scary for some people, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Because it goes back to vulnerability. It is. It yeah. really is. They want to hurry up and get dressed. They yep. want to hurry up and, you know, get out the shower and put on a towel. No, mm-hmm. walk around your house or your place naked mm-hmm. and, and feel the Naked. You hear naked. that? Naked. Bucket naked. Naked. 
and and yes. feel yourself in that in in that mindfulness. Um, and and I kiss my hand, my oh shoulder, my just to just yeah. to be with me. Yeah. And I so agree with Trish. I think that some one of the struggles, um, and this is both personal, and I think it goes beyond that, is that oftentimes women are bifurcated or disaggregated mm-hmm. into different selves. So yep. mm-hmm. Whereby they may love the body, they do not love the mind. Mm-hmm. Or if they love mm-hmm. the mind, they do not love. Body mm-hmm. and they do not see you as a whole individual, mm-hmm. and so you have to embrace your uber sexy flyness and all the ways in which it manifests because that's what you are. And so, one of my last quick quotes is from Sister Bell Hooks, and this is the last time I'm going to mention that word. Okay, it's all good, it's all good. But in patriarchal culture, men are especially inclined to see love as something that they should receive without expending effort. Mm. More often than not, they do not do they do not want to do the work that love demands. When the practice of love invites us to enter into a place of potential bliss, it is the same place, the same time a place of critical awakening and pain. Many of us turn our backs on love. And that goes back to the trauma Mm -hmm. that was mentioned earlier, that sometimes, especially for women of color, Mm -hmm. love, physical love, is tied to trauma, pain, violence, you know. Yeah. But we will discuss that on future shows. Mm -hmm. And and those, Mm -hmm. those kinds of dramas continue to play out in our lives, and we have to take a moment to stop, say enough is enough, reflect and realize that we don't have to be in that space anymore, that you as a whole woman, not a bifurcated being that falls into whatever vision someone else has of you. Uh It doesn't matter. Like all of you is worthy of love. All of you is worthy of lust. All of you is worthy of physical and mental Uh worship of the being. Um, And so we have to go there. And I completely agree with the mirror, the the bathroom. You have to see yourself. You have to stand in the mirror and look at yourself for 10 seconds at least and not look away mm-hmm. and see that person and know that you are a manifestation of the divine walking mm. on earth. Hello. Because that's what you are. You are divinity yeah. in a neat little bag, and it is so groovy. Absolutely. And just to, <laughs> just to kind of close that out, I love it. Um, I swear Carrie was born in another era. <laughs> Solidarity. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so there is this kind of um, duality, you know, the same thing mm-hmm. that superwomen carry yeah. around this mask, this imperviousness, this hardness. We can do that with sexuality as well. And it can either be that we turn it off and we become like, no, that's not for me because that makes me – too vulnerable, too open, I don't want that, I I don't need a man, so on and so forth. And even if you don't say it out your mouth, you can actually give off vibes Mm -hmm. related to that, a man, a mate, whoever you're into, whether it's male or female or or whatever, you can still give off a vibe that this is, that you want to be alone and you will have what you are attracting to yourself. On the other side, if we do have this thing of that, you know, my beauty is only about my body and about my sexuality and and that we buy into this patriarchal view of what 
a black woman is and, this, you know, only for sex. And then we might go all the way there, and then we're giving ourselves away and not even honoring ourselves and our body. So the the real trick is that you have to find yourself worthy first. You have to love yourself first before you can actually be in the right space. And no, you can, you know, you can have a sexual relationship without being in love, without, you know, marrying. You can you can enjoy yourself, but you also need to be okay with yourself, whatever it is that you are doing. And that is a very tricky um, space that some some women get caught up in, and then they either opt out mm-hmm. or they end up in some type of situation that is not honoring them, and then it, it does a, a number on our worthiness, on our self-worth, and, you know, who not honoring your body, not honor, honoring yourself as a spiritual being. So, um Man, I knew this hour was going to go fast. Good Lord. Okay, so we're going to do a quick round robin of final words, how the people can contact you, and any anything else that you want to say before we close out the show. Linda? Well, I'm imagining there's something connected to the show with the information, but I definitely, if you go to my website, which is linda at lindagonzalez.net, I, you can sign up and get my free health and wellness checklist, and I will send you an a individualized email talking to you about how to fill it out and to how to. It's really about a self knowledge tool to help you to understand what is it that for you is health and wellness. Love it, Trish. Okay, um, like Linda said, I am also on. Um, the website, but you can go to my Facebook page. It's Trisha Land, that's T-R-I-C-I-A-L-A-N-D, Hilliard, H-I-L-L-I-A-R-D, and it's at Facebook. But I would really want everyone to go to Wine, which is uh, a self-care wellness retreat that I have um, with my uh, coworker and friends. It's called Walk in New Enlightenment. So I will put that on the website. Uh, We have retreats for self-care. So we're we're also doing some mini workshops here in the area. So please, please, please put your email um, on our email list, and we'll be contacting you. Okay. Q, any final thoughts? So I want to say it one more time because I've been sitting with this quote for a long time, and I actually forced high school students to navigate their way through that which is, if you are silent about your pain, they will kill you and say you enjoyed it. I, you know, Sister Zora Neale Hurston knew stuff that was prophetic. She knew this time before she existed. She understood things. And I think in building on what was said before and thinking about the bathroom as a safe space, you have to remember that you have to love yourself first because that is the only space where you can say there is no danger here. Mm -hmm. And only to yourself can you say there is no danger here before you can move into a space with engaging with others, right? Because you have to trust yourself and recognize that you do not have to prove your humanity as a prerequisite for other people acknowledging it so that they can love you, accept you, and see you in your wholeness. So remember, it's okay to say enough is enough. 
It is okay to figure out what it is you have to do in order to rest, resist, and stay woke. And you have to do all three. Why? Because this country is now turned into occupied territory. And you cannot stand up and battle the struggle for recognition of your own humanity unless you say enough is enough when you're tired and you rest and you heal and you love yourself in a space where there is no danger and where people see you, love you, and give you space. Beautiful, beautiful. And again, my name is Trina Ramsey. Thank you all. This has been an amazing conversation. We joked about having a part two. We just might have to do it because I feel like we just scratched the surface here tonight. I'm with the Revolutionary Sisters of the Diaspora. We have a show on the third Thursday of every month. So our next show, I believe, will be May 20th, if I'm not mistaken, at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we will be talking about the criminalization of victims of domestic violence. So we we are um, getting back to putting our fists up and fighting injustice, but in the meantime, we all have to take care of ourselves. If you'd like to hear more about me, I am at mycoachtrina.com. I also started a new website. I have a new venture for women in their fierce 40s, fabulous 50s, and sensational 60s called the Just Do You Institute for Women's Empowerment. And if you go there, uh, my new book is coming out. and It's it's going to print now, and so it will be out in, in about a month and a half. Excited about that, so you can read all about that. Thank you, Linda, Trish, Q, and... Thank you, phenomenal women, for sharing this space. And on behalf of the Revolutionary Sisters of the Diaspora, we'll see you next month. And remember, you're the only you you've got. Take care of yourself. That's right. And find a sister circle right now because that is a critical part of your self-care. Much love, everybody. Peace. Peace. <laughs>